This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800 The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Good morning. Welcome to this, what is it, June 18th edition of Radio Law Talk. Coming at you live from our studios here in... On the West Coast, 9 a.m., we're here 9 a.m. to noon, Pacific Standard Time. Folks listening all across the country, uh, welcome in the hour of your jurisdiction. <laughs> so, I'm Todd Kuhn, and I'm filling in for Fred Penny. He is on assignment. I have a visitor here joining me in the booth, Garrett Penny. Well, hello, guys. Nice to be back. I've, uh, If you don't remember, I was here, what, six months ago, eight months ago, maybe a year ago. And were you a lawyer back. then? Were you a lawyer yet when you were here the last time? I was. Cool. Yeah. No, I've been a lawyer for a little while now. Yeah. I, I, I've seen some of your work followed uh, along with what you're doing. It's not just a lawyer. It's a successful lawyer. <laughs> and, and you find yourself in, in trial quite a bit. You, you've been – you know, there's some people that start out and, and they, they – they're behind the scenes pushing paper, write a few letters, you know, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. But no, you've you've been arguing to judges and juries, and I've done all the above. I've been behind the scenes pushing uh, letters and uh, doing the tech work and in trial. No, it's been a, a very fortunate for me uh, to be part of the firm that actually goes to trial. And I got what three trials in trial three times last year. Wow, that's Which amazing! Is, I think for civil, it's uh, pretty and rare. That is unusual, isn't it? I mean, most cases just settle. I mean, honestly, don't they? I mean, yeah. out, outside of the courtroom before you get that far. No, that's very true. And I think actually, what compressed them like that was COVID because we couldn't go out during 2020, so everything got pushed to 2021 and kind of got pre- compressed that way. Hmm. You know, I have to assume from a from a marketing standpoint for a law firm. Yeah, I remember uh, spoke to friends of mine that are real estate agents, and they said you can you can try to get as many clients as you want, but you have one listing where your face is on the sign out in front of a house and it's your listing, that is that that is worth all of the other marketing campaigns, employees, and then some. And, and I have to think from an attorney's standpoint, I know it was this way in criminal laws as well, if it, you, you can market that we get good resolutions, we, we, uh, we can get you the highest awards, we can do all that, but if you're somebody that goes to trial and wins – 
it, in my opinion, it would send, seem to me to, A, from potential client standpoint, they aren't just a meet them, greet them, and settle the law firm, and you know we'll, we'll take whatever we can get or anything. They actually go to trial. But from the potential defense standpoint, you know, insurance companies, uh, corporations, things like that, because you do personal injury, correct? Yeah. That's from correct. that standpoint, anybody coming up against you is is not going to view your firm as well, you know, these folks just settle, so we'll, you know, bury them in discovery and do th- No, no, th- they'll take us to trial and eat our lunch. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's a lot less empty threats. You know, if I say, hey, look, fine, let's, let's just go to trial, then uh, then we're, it means we're going to trial. Yeah, and, and those guys go crud. That means we have to prepare a case, right? Yeah, that means, yeah, I have to work or pay up, you know, and it's uh, – it really gives you kind of a lot more teeth. And like you said, uh, the one realtor with, you know, the big house on the corner, that's the best uh, marketing. Well, it's the same in personal injury. You know, if you have a, a good defendant, like we just, uh, one of our trials was against Lyft. Yeah. Uh, huge case, right? Um, they don't take cases to trial because they don't want anything dealing with their employment or, you know, the 1099 uh, gig economy issues up at, up at trial for a judge to decide. Um, so we're actually surprised that they pushed it that far, but they they let us go that far. So, uh, you know, and it's one of those that you, you plaster all over everywhere. Hey, I sold this house. Look, I sold this house. And right? you won. <laughs> and we won. It got a great verdict. So, uh, you know, it really allows – it makes a difference um, what attorney you pick. You know, it's like in every um, career or job or anyone you hire, it's – you know, there's good ones and bad ones. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when somebody is in a situation. By the way, that's that soft, sultry, smooth voice you hear behind the glass is Cal Hunter. Oh yeah, that's right. Playing all the soft lawyer tunes. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll litigate for your last nickel. That one brought to you by Motown. There you go. Uh, so, so, for a, for clients, you know. I know, again, in the in the criminal realm, when I was in private practice, I, I'm working with the public defender's office now, but somebody gets charged with a crime, especially somebody who's never been in this situation before. It's one thing if you get somebody who's, yeah, we, 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 we've been around the block a little bit, you know, they, they're wallpapering their house with their rap sheet. But, you know, you get these other folks that have never been in a situation, you pick up a DUI, something like that, they've never been in the situation, they're looking for a lawyer, they really have no basis in terms of comparison, what's a good lawyer? What's not a good yeah. lawyer? They're, they're going with the person that's got the flashy website and all the reviews that may or may not the be TV ads, for, the TV ads, you know, and and uh, and and what have you. But it's tough because they've they've got a small window of time yeah. to select a lawyer. And for people that have that find themselves injured, and and maybe it's the first time, and hopefully the only time yeah. they will have gone through that in their life. They're in a uh, similar dilemmas to who to hire yeah and it probably helps a lot if they say well i i would like to go with somebody that just doesn't say they go to trial but i can see evidence of it yep no and, and that's probably the number one question i would advise people to ask their attorney you know do you go to trial how often what kind of cases and uh, you know it's experience right not only years of experience but the quality of those years garrett isn't it a mindset though because like you say i i know a lot a lot of attorneys most of them say and eh, you know we just talk, write a couple of letters to the insurance company and get a settlement we all go home with a little bit of money and other, because they don't want necessarily to go to trial because of the cost and the commitment that's made it's a big deal if you take a pi case and you decide okay we're going to go to trial with this that's a big thing on your part 
Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a gamble. You know, you never know who's going to show up for for trial, both in criminal and in civil. It's you know, you put your lives and, and the results into the hands of jurors, and it all depends on who shows up. And a lot of times, it's very financially costly. Um, and so, and a lot of clients don't want to go to trial. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I get plea deals, right? It's like, I don't, exactly. I don't want to risk it. So, um, it depends on the client. It depends on the attorney, but, uh, we always prepare as if we're going and then we can decide later that we don't want to, but it's better to be prepared than not prepared. It's interesting. You mentioned that in terms of going to trial in, in the criminal realm. When I was a, a district attorney, uh, for about, for about a three year period, I had the assignment. I prosecuted all of the sexual assault, sexual abuse cases with victims age 14 and over. My colleague handled all the ones where the victims were under the age of 14. But with the 14 and over um, victims, not only do you have maybe a defendant doesn't want to go to trial or this, but I would meet with the victims. And I don't represent them yeah. as their attorney. I'm the prosecutor. I represent the people in at the time for the state of California and when I was in Tennessee, the uh, state of Tennessee. But there were several times where victims would say, look, I would rather this thing not go to trial. So if, if you can reach a plea deal, something that that person will take so I don't have to go through this again and be cross-examined and, and do all of that, that's yeah. a huge consideration for yeah. whether or not a case settles. That's interesting. I never thought about the, the victim not wanting to go to trial. I mean, most of the time you hear, I want justice, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, you know, because they're not financially responsible for prosecuting it. You know, there's nothing more than their satisfaction of, you know, God, I got justice. Yeah. I mean, there, there were that was the that was the difficult conversation because folks would start off and say, I, I, I want the book thrown at them. I want the, they always wanted the same thing. I want yeah, to register yeah. as a sex offender. I want this. And and look, you were victimized. And I, I get where you're coming from. And, and they have that right up until the time when you say, you know, you are going to have to testify. And that's the, oh, I got to take the stand to testify. Yeah. And then you see, well, if you can get a deal. Uh, look, we are through our first 15 minutes. When we come back, Cal's going to try to stump us with a case or no case. Oh, he's not going to try. Oh, okay. Cal's going to jeopardize <laughs> his eternal smacks. soul trying to uh, to get us on case or no case. For those of you tuning in for the first time or have been away, this is where Cal try Cal outright lies to us or as law enforcement officers would say he he employs a ruse nobody likes to say they lie and we'll come back and hear what sort of ruse cal has come up with in case or no case thanks todd radio law talk is continuing in just a minute don't go away Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Do you want to know the secret to putting extra money back in your pocket? Then switch your car insurance. And now you can make one phone call and shop dozens of insurance companies. Just like buying airline tickets, where it's easy to make one call that has all the best deals. We have great deals with most of the major top-rated insurance companies. We are your superstore for car insurance. We've switched people from their expensive car insurance plans and saved them hundreds of dollars a year. If you think you're paying too much for your car insurance, call now. It's easy to switch, and in five minutes, yes, just five minutes, you'll learn how much money you can save on your car insurance. Save yourself some money this year. Call now for your car insurance. 
Call e-insurance now for your free car insurance quote. 800-251-0427. That's 800-251-0427. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. That's 800. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-721-4869. 800-721-4869. That's 800-721-4869. Where's Fred? This is a great time to call the show. 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-LAW-RADIO. All right, Cal, go ahead and give us a a case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. All right, I will. I'm going to take you back to the future to 1985 when Back to the Future films were being made with the, the famous trilogy, you know, the third one they shouldn't have made. We can all argue that, but be that as it may. The makeup effects department made full face molds of George McFly, played by... 
Crispin Glover. Yes. Right, okay. So they could fabricate latex prosthetics later to make him look older in the film as he moved into the future and, back, you know, all that stuff. The producers, however, found that working with Glover for the sequels was a royal pain, and he was let go from reprising his role as George McFly. Glover said, great, I have a contract. I want to play McFly, and I don't want to get paid. Glover said the producers were not allowed to do what they did, even though they did what they did. So he decided to find out if he had a lawsuit against Spielberg's production company, Amblin, or whoever it was that did it, whether forward or going backward. He said, do I have a back-to-the-future case or no case, Garrett Penny case or no case? By the way, we're playing for both Fred and Denise. You lose. They both lose. You win. They both get a point. Go so, ahead. So what if I intentionally lose? Good for you. That means I might get. That, that means I might get a point. <laughs> can, can I ask a, a clarification question yeah. before Garrett? Yeah. What is it that he's claiming the producers did or didn't? Took face molds and had someone else play his part in the sequels for which he was under contract. Okay. Well, the first question is I want to see the contract. But assuming that the contract actually uh, allowed him, said that he was going to play, and they promised him some sort of money. Um, I imagine they have some sort of liquidated damages clause, meaning that, hey, if this contract breaks, then we promise to pay X amount of dollars. Um, I, I think it's, I don't think it's a case. I, I say no case. Um, do I think it's a probable case? Maybe. I mean, could it, I could imagine people suing over that, but I'm going to say no case. Okay. No, no case. Uh, Todd Cunham, what do you think about the case of Crispin Glover against one of the most powerful film producers known ever in the history of film? Well, I think that this one raises uh, some interesting issues in Hollywood that we're seeing. Did you see the, uh, did you see the movie Rogue One? It was, the, it was the Star Wars movie that's supposed to have taken place right before the, the very first Star Wars movie that was made in 77, A New Hope, which is episode four. And, I'm confused by all the episodes. I know Star and, Wars, I know... Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, so, so, so in this one, okay, there's a, there's a scene in it where at the very end of the movie you see somebody that looks like Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, circa 1977, and and it's it's one of these CGI things. There's also a person, Peter Cushing, played Grand Moff Tarkin in the first. He is in this one as well. And clearly, it's a it's not him. It's a CGI. And there's been a lot of use of this to try to portray actors that are now much older. When you're when you're going back to do their um, the prequels, and you have to display show a younger actor. And to what extent is using the likeness or image of an actual actor who p portrayed a role a violation of the Screen Actors Guild contract for these actors such that even if you do that, you, they're entitled to compensation. And the first lawsuit... Well, wait, before you do that, by the way, 1985, the films were made before CGI was prominent. It was mm. in development, but it had not been used or made uh, used in the course of BTTF. That is true. Okay. But it was the Crispin Glover lawsuit against the producers, Spielberg, Amblin Entertainment, that got the ball rolling to challenge this. So I'm going to say it is a case, and Glover prevails, entitling him to compensation for his likeness being used in the movies going forward. Hmm. All right. Garrett, we ready to go on this? Yeah, no, I, I'll stick with my uh, no case. All right, here we go. Let me tell you the story. Crispin Glover did not appear in a single frame of Back to the Future 2 or 3. But his highly recognizable character, George McFly, did appear in the sequels. They took the masks 
And then they realized this guy, he was just a pain. So they went out and hired an unknown character actor by the name of, anybody? No idea. Jeffrey Weissman, who bears a slight resemblance to Glover. He, in fact, one of the reasons they had was that he wanted much more money than the contract called for to go back and do the sequels because the first one went so well. At any rate, the makeup department made up this unknown actor and made him look like McFly with the face molds. And Glover said, I'm going to sue you for using my image and likeness without my permission and without compensation. It was a legitimate complaint for 30 years. People have still mistaken Glover for the characters in the other two movies. They think it's him. Apparently, the courts agreed with Glover to the tune of $760,000 because his rights to publicity were infringed. The Actors Guild uh, went out to change the clauses and their collective bargaining agreements after that. Yes, this was a very big deal, and Glover won. He did not act, and he got paid. Why, that's the Hollywood ideal, is it not? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, that, that, <laughs> and that's the case or no case? That is not the only actor in the Back to the Future movie that got paid, and probably pretty well, even though they didn't appear anywhere in the film. Have you ever heard of an actor named Eric Stoltz? I have not. Eric Stoltz, he was in uh, Memphis Belle. If you saw him, you'd recognize him. He's kind of got lighter red hair. He's, he's been in a, a bunch of stuff. You can look him up on IMDb. Well, when uh, Back to the Future was first cast, they wanted Michael J. Fox to play the lead role. Oh, but yes, he could story. not get out of his contract yeah. with Family Ties. Right. It, his schedule was too busy, so they went forward with Eric Stoltz. Filmed the first third of the movie. And looked at the rushes and said, this is not working. Yeah, uh, Bob Zemeckis, yeah. who directed it, was went to Spielberg and said, what's the issue here? And he says, your leading man isn't cutting it. He's not hitting the marks for comedy. A third of the film done, and you can find video of it on YouTube. So they let him go, and by this time, Michael J. Fox's schedule had lightened up a bit to allow him to do the film, and the rest is comedic gold, as they say. But Stoltz got paid, never appeared in anything. Good for him. So, yeah. See, we have two guys who live the Hollywood ideal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, when we come back, well, you know, you knew we couldn't stay away from Johnny Depp that long. It's like it's like a, a breakup where you, you know, this is our radio law talk booty call. We're we're going to go back to Johnny Depp for a little bit more. And Amber Heard, some developments in their case don't go away. So this is Todd going. Hey, baby, I know hey, we're baby. not talking anymore, but let's talk some more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back. Radio Law Talk continues. Hold on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick Quack quick, quick, quack, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the Quick Quack Confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the Quick Quack Habit. Take your car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like Quick Quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on. 
So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. Quick, quick car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Well, come on. Here's Fred Penny with Penny and Associates. When you or a family member have been injured in an accident, what should you look for in a personal injury lawyer? The first thing is an experienced personal injury law firm that is actually taking cases to trial. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny, managing partner and founder of Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers. For over 30 years, Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers has been successfully representing individuals and their families. At Penny and Associates, we're experienced trial lawyers, and we work with you to get the best results. Go to pennyandassociates.com or call 800 616 If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is a great time to call the show. 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-LAW-RADIO. You know, Cal, you got me thinking about Back to the Future now. Uh Uh-oh, okay. That first film, there are some people that believe... That that was from a, a timing and beats and in the in the movie and, and where certain points were hit that that movie was as close to perfection in a comedy as as you'll ever get. It was a great film. I thought I loved it. I still do. St- Every comes on, I'll still watch it again. You know? Did have you have you ever noticed this little tidbit here in the film? So what was the name of the parking uh, of the mall where they were in the parking lot in the middle of the night? What was the name of the mall? That they were in when when Marty ends up going back to 1955. I'll bet you Garrett knows. I have no idea. I've seen the movie like once. It was called the Twin Pines Mall. Oh, twin, not Twin Peaks, but it was, Twin Pines. It was yeah. the Twin Pines Mall, and they called it the Twin Pines Mall because old man so-and-so had a pine farm, and, and, and that land was eventually sold. But two pines that started his business, they were still there. Well, when Marty goes back to 1955... Yeah. As soon as he goes back to 1955, he takes out a tree. It was one of the pines. With adult, one of the twins. It was one of the pines. So when he comes back to 1985, toward the end of the film, to save Doc, subtle difference, the name of the mall is now the Lone Pine Mall. Because ah. <laughs> one pine. Because <laughs> he took out the pine when he went back to uh, 1955. That continuity director earned their money, didn't Oh, they? yeah. It, it, this, the film is filled with that kind of stuff, if you really pay attention. But uh, a great film. But, and, and a film, how do you like this segue? Oh, nice. Go. And, yeah. and a film or franchise that if I'm going to predict... Amber Heard will never be part of. (laughs) Ever in a million years. (laughs) And that brings us to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Well, you know, you'd be living under a rock if you didn't hear going on the news or anything about the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp defamation trial. And the jury came back and sided for the most part with Johnny Depp. They did agree that a comment made by one of Johnny Depp's previous uh, legal team not in the trial, but previously, did constitute a, a defamatory statement about Amber Heard. So 
she was awarded like two million, and that offset the what the ten point three five million awarded to Johnny Depp. So that reduced his award down to. Eight point three five million, and his lawyers are going. Ah. Yes, you know, it's like, ah. we 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 still get paid based upon the higher percentage, though, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, so Amber Heard has that. Well, you know, sometimes I was talking with Garrett about this before the before the show. You know, as a as a personal injury attorney, what's your knee jerk reaction when you see clients? In pending cases, or even cases that have that have resolved, making statements that are that are public statements about the nature of the litigation, does it give you any consternation, heartburn, anxiety? <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you know everyone's perspective of what goes on is a little different, and and sometimes just some people just need to just let it go. It's over and move on. Right? Yeah. Just, you know, all right, let, let's just – and especially in this case here where Amber Heard's attorneys say, well, you know, we're going to appeal the verdict. Oh, yeah. And, and okay, so if you appeal the verdict, let's say you win on appeal and the case gets remanded for a new trial. Well, we got a whole new round of statements you just made down, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so some things have come out. Obviously, Amber Heard is making the rounds. I think she was in, interviewed by Savannah Guthrie. On uh, I don't know what network. Good Morning America. That's ABC. No, right? I think is it is it. I thought it was a Dateline, but it could be Good Morning America. Yeah. yeah so she was she was interviewed uh, at a potential or one of the jurors, uh, male juror, anonymously was uh, um, interviewed as well. We'll start with Amber Heard's statements. She she is continuing to say that she feels that in social media she was portrayed in in a bad light and that well which you know, is how, true it, she was. <laughs> And I, I guess it remains to be seen, right, wrong, or otherwise, whether or not yep. – whether, whether or not – okay, I, I think we all agree that she was portrayed in a bad light, but the question is whether or not it was an accurate exactly. light. Exactly. Yeah. Bad or accurate. That's yes. the choice. Right. And, uh, and the jury – well, this one juror said that the jury didn't believe what they termed to be crocodile tears on the part of Amber Heard, that she'd be crying in one part of her testimony – and then the next question would come along, and she'd go back to answering that one without any tears or anything. And I think that was off-putting to the jury. And, and this kind of goes back to what we said earlier. You never know who's going to show up in that jury box. Yeah. And, and it's it's very much – it's the evidence that comes in, but it's also what they want to believe. I mean those could be serious real tears, but they, for whatever reason, decided to think they were crocodile tears. And therefore her testimony was no longer believable, the entire thing. Not just that portion. Exactly. They, 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 the juror focused on another aspect as well. They said that it made – the juror said it made them feel uncomfortable when Amber Heard would be asked a question. And, and the, first, the person asking the question is across from her. The jury would be to her right. So she was asked a question, and then she would turn to the right, look at the jury, and give the answer, making eye contact with the jurors. And this juror said that made them feel uncomfortable. Which is really interesting because a lot of times in, in trials, the experts will do that intentionally on purpose because the experts are there to explain something, uh, explain how the accident happened or explain why someone thought something, some human factors. And so they'll turn to the jury and, and explain it to them like a teacher, which is actually very helpful, very engaging. But I think in the manner in which she did it, it was almost a, a stare down. It was uh, – I think they felt like, hey, hey, believe me. I want you to believe me so bad. 
I was thinking that it, that very line. I don't see experts when they testify turning to a jury saying, "You believe me, don't it, yeah. the subject? You believe me, don't you? Please believe me." The experts like. Look, this is my research. This is what I say that is. Yep. A lot of them are doctors, have advanced yep. degrees. They probably look down on people anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, how dare you have a, an opinion different from mine? But when you have the complaining uh, victim, because she cross-complained, yep. or, or the defendant in terms of the complaint that Depp filed against her, turning to the jury, it's almost like a plea to look for sympathetic faces or responses for people that you believe what i'm saying don't you right that kind of feel to it i see why that would make yeah, uh, somebody uncomfortable is it possible she was trying to say look i'm not an actor i'm sincere when i say what i say and to me when i i saw a few clips of that she she just looked like someone trying to prove she's got acting chops i mean you know that's what it looked like to, I mean, obviously i have no idea what i'm talking about but that's what it looked like to me she was trying to show something to the jury that just didn't come in as genuine to them. And it was in such stark contrast to the way Johnny Depp testified. He looked at the jury occasionally, but for the most part, his focus was on either what he was, because they have a monitor in front of them for exhibits. He was looking at the monitor if the, he was testifying about the subject of an exhibit or addressing the attorney that was cross-examining him and or, or asking questions of him. And when it came to cross-examination, it was almost mocking the attorney. Yeah. I mean, at one, at pushing one, back a little bit. At one time, he objected hearsay before the uh, attorney could object because <laughs> he knew it was coming, right? Yeah, yep. And so uh, it's such, such, a, such a contrast between those two, but... Um, well, and what we tell our, our clients when they put you up on the stand, be honest, right? Because as soon as you're not honest, the attorneys will pick up on it. And I think you saw a little bit of this here. Jo Johnny was very – what seemed to be very honest. You know, yes, I I drank too much or whatever he said, you know, the mega pint of wine or whatever it was. It, it, was, it seemed to be honest and I think very believable, and that's what the jury latched onto. Whereas it seemed the opposite with Amber. Yeah, Amber Heard testified on direct examination that when the direct finished – the defense or Depp's team had about a week, because they took a week off, had about a week to prepare the cross-examination. And when they came back with the uh, cross-examination, they were able to pinpoint and ask every identify every prior inconsistent statement that Amber Heard had made. Now, prior inconsistent statement is, is what? It's, she says something at trial, and what is the inconsistency? Yeah, just something she said prior or made a statement or something she did that was not consistent with what she said, which may have no bearing on the actual case at hand, but it just shows her, her believability, her honesty. So she testifies on direct examination. This is just one of the examples that, that she had an incident with, uh, with Johnny Depp just before going into the day before going on a, a show. I think it was a James Corden's show, uh, one of those late shows. And that as a result of the incident just before it, she had split her lip open. She could barely open her mouth with the, without the, the wound opening up. So they confirmed that that was her statement on direct examination and then played clips from the show, including close-ups of her mouth. And you don't see any discoloration, anything. There, there's no way that could have been faked, that, that they could have concealed that given the nature of the injury she's had. And they were able to do that so effectively with her. But the same was not true with the cross-examination of Johnny Depp and trying to impeach him with prior inconsistent statements, I think. that Because he was consistent. He was consistent, and the jury's picked up on that. We'll finish up with this when we come back from our 
uh, 45-minute break. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Not Radio Depth Talk, Radio Law Talk. Yeah, and the break doesn't last 45 minutes. It comes at 45, yes. just, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue with Radio, Radio Law Talk right here. Don't go away. aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, Again, that's 800-238-9182. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Here's Fred Penny with Penny and Associates. When you or a family member have been injured in an accident, what should you look for in a personal injury lawyer? The first thing is an experienced personal injury law firm that is actually taking cases to trial. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny, managing partner and founder of Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers. For over 30 years, Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers has been successfully representing individuals and their families. At Penny and Associates, we're experienced trial lawyers, and we work with you to get the best results. Go to pennyandassociates.com or call 800 616 I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quick, car wash. Uh-huh. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quick, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Uh-huh. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. 
We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info. At radiolawtalk.com. Dot com. Talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and the, the aftermath. And uh, one, of the, one of the jurors was uh, interviewed and I believe this was on Good Morning America, was interviewed, and it, it was anonymous, so the juror didn't have to give his name, but it was one of the male jurors. There was only seven jurors on the case, five men, two women. This was in the state of Virginia, and there was something that the juror said that stuck out in my mind, or that stuck out to me. Now, remember, the allegation for Johnny Depp against Amber Heard was that in the op-ed that she wrote for the Washington Post, that her statement a few years ago, I became the face of domestic violence or the movement, something to that effect, right? And and so the question is, because she didn't she never mentioned Johnny Depp in particular, she didn't say his name, but the question is, was that statement about Johnny Depp and was it true? that she was the the face of domestic violence, which by implication would mean that she was a, a victim of domestic violence or being in an abusive relationship. And the juror made this statement, and this is a quote, quote, ultimately what I, ultimately what I think is truthful was that they were both abusive to each other, close quote. Now, the interesting thing for me when I look at that is if they were both abusive to each other, that still means that they're, according to this juror, he believed that there was abuse going from Depp toward Amber Heard, which, in my opinion, raises their, my, my first question is, then how is her statement that she was the face of, uh, became a, a face for the, uh, those in abusive relationships or whatever the statement was, how, is, how does that make it untrue? I mean, she might have been dishing that out as much as she was taking it, but it, it's not an untruthful statement. I mean, well, uh, you, you, the rest of the quote says there wasn't enough evidence to really support what she was saying was true. So he thought it, and the jurors, you know, come up with these conclusions, but they, they should go, they should, and hopefully do go off the evidence. And it's not about what really happened; it's about what you can prove, right? Yeah, and and, and I guess the other question is, what kind of abuse are they talking about? In the sense that. Is is it physical abuse? Is is that where they're going to draw the line for being in a in an abusive relationship, or can it go to a mental type of abuse? And and are, are they? Is it defamatory if abuse refers only to conduct that could result in a criminal conviction for domestic violence, or is it referring to abuse in any sort of you know 
a mental abuse situation, which if it's purely words and, and no physical contact might not result in, in a domestic violence criminal conviction. I just thought it was interesting that you had that there with this, with the way the juror looked at it. And I think that the, the Amber Heard team, I could see using that to say, all right, this isn't the complete exoneration that Johnny Depp is saying that it is. What they're saying is there wasn't enough to achieve True. a verdict beyond uh, with the preponderance of the evidence standard, yep. but but there was still stuff going on, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that that's interesting that uh, the juror would say that. I think anytime we saw this um, in the Glenn Maxwell case, that w- this was the uh, friend of Jeffrey Epstein, where and, and we even saw it in the oh what was the. Who's the guy from California whose wife, Lacey Peterson, her, a Scott Peterson case, where jurors came out after the verdict and made statements that were like, really? If you thought that or if that happened, how did we get the conviction? In the case of the Ghislaine Maxwell, it was the juror who came out afterwards and said, well, you know, there are a lot of people confused about whether – you know, why victims forgot certain things. And so being a victim myself of previous uh, – uh, similar situations, I had to explain to them in the jury room why a victim might forget or or not remember certain things. And obviously, from a criminal standpoint, criminal defense attorney, my first thought is, whoa, 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 whoa. I got people in the jury room hearing evidence that wasn't presented at trial by you that's now holding yourself out as an expert, and I'm looking at your jury questionnaire, and you never put down that you were a victim of any of these things before? And so so the, the party that prevails in a case may be looking at statements of jurors just saying, please don't talk. I, I, I want to <laughs> preserve stop. the integrity <laughs> of this, right? You never know who's going to show up. I, I also thought it was interesting. Now, but Garrett, you know, Todd, for five bucks a day, you roll the dice and you get what you get. Honestly, I don't know. How can you expect a juror who get maybe will finally get a little notoriety in a world-famous case to keep their yap shut when they think, okay, I'll, I'll have a little moment where I can shine in the sun here? It's, it's interesting you say that because there's a, there's a jury instruction that's read at the end of every criminal case that I've done. And they, this is just state of California, but um, one of the instructions is it says, uh, you know, you are now free to talk about the case, but you must wait 90 days before publishing any book or anything like that on the case. <laughs> and and it's, it, it always – people get raise an eyebrow when they read that. After the DUI trial, they just finished sitting as a juror. I'm, I'm pretty certain publishers aren't lining up for, for your memoirs on whether or not the defendant was a .08 or higher. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, what were the riveting discussions that went on in that jury room as you deliberated for 45 minutes and then rendered your guilty verdict? Oh, my gosh. How could this, how could this be, right? Uh, Garrett, a preponderance of the evidence, What what is that? Well, yeah, it's just uh... – you know, it's a standard in criminal trials, right? Where uh, it's well, I guess it's a civil. It's just fifty point zero zero one percent. Yeah, right? m- more likely than not. More likely than not. It's not much. It's not much. I mean, you could be a lot of percent wrong, right? But you yeah. just need just more more right than wrong. So it's not much. So, so this is an interesting thing about what this juror said uh, in the interview that I that I I try to address this when I do criminal trials. Most of the time, when we're called upon to settle a dispute between two people, whether it's kids or coworkers or you're sitting on a civil trial, the standard is who do I believe more? 
And even this juror said that. He said, well, you know, look, there's stuff either way, but we, we the scale tipped in favor of Johnny Depp. We believed him more than we believed Amber Heard, you know, and, and that's the way that it went. Very rarely, I think, in life are people called upon to make a decision where they can only act if they believe beyond a reasonable doubt that the course of action they want to take is the correct course of action. Yeah. And, and so reminding jurors, like, if you sit there in the jury room and, and your opinion is in a criminal case, well, it's a close call, but I think it just tips in favor of the prosecution a little bit. What should your verdict be? What, what do you think their verdict to be, in my opinion? That verdict should be not guilty. Yeah, of course. Because how can you say that at the same time saying that, oh, but I believe he's guilty beyond a reasonable doubt because the way you're describing how you feel about the evidence is not consistent with beyond a reasonable doubt, yeah. right? Yep. And uh, it, so it's, it's difficult in a criminal case because they want to employ the standard that this juror did, it, remembering, oh, I, I, I can't really do that. Uh, I, I have to use a different standard. Yeah. But that's what we got from the Johnny Depp case. Uh, Depp is also facing another lawsuit. He is, well, he's got an assault trial starting the 25th of July. For those of you keeping score that are fans of his attorney, Amber Vasquez, I thought it was uh, Camille Vasquez. Yep. Apparently she will be defending him in that lawsuit. This stems from uh, an incident alleged to have occurred on the set of the movie. Oh, what was it? Uh, big big uh, lies? Big City of lies. City of lies. It's a TV show, right? Yeah, it's it's a movie uh, about he plays a part of a detective that was investigating the uh, murder of was it notorious big yep and uh, so kind of based on true situations a, a true account but uh, the the allegation is that he got into it with uh, I think the set manager set manager saying that he the debt punched him in the ribs a couple of times and uh, Depp's got a bunch of witnesses lined up to say, that ain't, that ain't what happened. Yeah, there's a lot of people on set that saw it, so yeah. a lot of witnesses. So w once that one gets going, we'll follow that and let you know what the update is for that. As as it gets to trial, in the starting, I believe, the 25th of July, we're through one hour. We come back, we got Kevin Spacey, we've got an Illinois police officer, Valerie Bertinelli, and the state of New York has resolved a question that's plagued mankind since the beginning of time, and we'll cover that. And uh, a case or no case involving the wayward thong. Uh, you can think about that what you want. That's coming up next on, on Radio Law Talk next hour, six minutes after. Don't go away. to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated
like blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. 